0: Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions. And that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey. And we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children.
1: And my name is Ama Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this.
0: Hello, beautiful people. I am super excited to be back with you guys today. If you paid attention to my LinkedIn, you saw that I was out of the office as of last Tuesday and took some time to just chill and take it easy. And uh, during that time, my children brought me a cold. So uh, if you are a working parent and you are trying to make sure you get this stuff figured out and doing the best you can, I feel you. And if you're not a working parent um, and you just ended up not feeling well over the holiday um, timeframe, I also feel you. So you guys, please forgive me. My voice is a little bit scratchy, but I'm going to do my best. Um, I'm going to try to do this quickly so that I do not pain you. Um, But I definitely wanted to come on because this topic and this discussion was something that was really important. So the part that was really important for me to uh, make sure that I came on and shared with you guys was this idea that performance reviews are hard for managers too. So I think there is this misconception oftentimes that performance reviews are something that everyone feels good about. um, Also something that managers feel like they've gotten appropriate training and adequate support to be able to do. And what I'm finding from lots of leaders in a variety of organizations is that's just not the case. They don't necessarily feel 100% comfortable in delivering the performance reviews themselves. And a lot of times they are just modeling behavior that they've received in their own performance reviews in the past. And sometimes that's good, sometimes that's not. So what that ends up meaning is um, folks start to look for resources as a manager for how to make sure that they are delivering a successful, successful performance review with their team. And what that led me to is to say, okay, well then let me make sure that I'm giving the right resources to folks. Let me make sure that I am thinking through and saying, all right, if I was in a rough situation, if I'm a new manager and I'm trying to figure out what makes the most sense for me as a new manager, how do I approach this for the first time? Or even if I'm a seasoned manager, but I have a new team, there's some people that I'm adjusting to, I'm working in a new organization, lots of variables kind of come into play. So, my goal for this was to really give us an opportunity to talk out loud, right, about some of the challenges that go along with delivering performance reviews so that we can overcome those challenges and then have the opportunity to deliver them better, right, to deliver them successfully, right, which is why we're here today to focus on delivering successful performance reviews. So, delivering successful performance reviews, um, this was something that I struggled with, right? It was one of the most difficult things um, for me to adjust to as a leader in an organization. When I first started delivering performance reviews, I was less than five years into my professional career. And it was more of a, you know, now you have a team, you got to do performance reviews. It kind of is what it is. You know, reach out if you have any questions. Um, I didn't know enough to ask questions. So that presented its own set of challenges, right? I didn't know enough to ask questions. Performance reviews took some time to adapt to as a leader. It was a challenge for me personally. And it's something that I feel like leaders don't really talk about. Um, But I wanted to make sure that we kind of debunked some of the myths and then demystified it to kind of give you guys some tools and resources that I wish I would have had as a new leader. And also to adapt to the new version of work that we're operating in. We're operating in hybrid work. We're operating in working that involves complex, highly matrixed teams, and we're working in environments that are you know, technology first often. So we wanna make sure that we're thinking about our leadership style and we are taking the time to adapt our leadership style to reflect um, the needs of our direct reports. I see people leadership as um, something that I was entrusted with, and I think about it as um, my responsibility to make sure that I'm doing my best to serve the team to give them what they need to be successful, right? And that requires for us as leaders to do a little bit more work, to put in more um, effort in order to see the team be successful. So sometimes delivering performance reviews, and I'm just speaking from my own experience, right? This this is, um, you tell me if you agree or you align. Sometimes as a leader, I felt like I was caught in between a rock and a hard place. I was caught in between what the organization may be saying and wanted to deliver versus my actual observations for a team member. Um, So I was feeling like, how do I make these two things marry towards one another and get me to an outcome that actually does what's in the best interest of my team, but also protects my social capital, right? Because as managers and as people leaders, we still have performance reviews of our own, right? We still ultimately are accountable to leaders in um, in the organization. So we are trying to make sure we really thread the needle to make sure we deliver a performance review that's in the best interest of our team so that they can be successful. And then we protect our own social capital while we're doing that. So um, then it kind of brings me over to rating scales. So I always thought about rating scales as something that made performance reviews its own, a challenge within a challenge because rating scales are very narrow at the top and at the bottom. And I say at the top, at the highest performance review level, normally that's a very narrow um, area where very few people get to access it. And then at the lowest performance review area, normally that's a relatively narrow, um, sometimes equivalently narrow at the top and the bottom. And then everybody else is kind of generally in the middle, right? So because... I was adjusting and learning more about performance reviews and the rating scales, I had to really dig in to the scale so that I could understand what language was appropriate for me to use with my teams. And in the midst of trying to learn the language of the performance review scale, it helped me then to mirror the language that was on the scale, but then really humanize it so that my team could understand right? I wasn't speaking some far off jargon that wouldn't allow them to ask questions and didn't um, allow them to know exactly where they stood. So um, here are a few gems that I have picked up over the time as a leader leading complex teams. Also, um, I have several clients that are managers of highly matrix teams. Um, One of my clients and I are working on um, a strategy for her. She has a team of 45 direct reports and then 160 indirect reports. So, needless to say, we spend a lot of time making sure that as a leader, she feels well informed about what her team is working on and how they're progressing towards their objectives because there's a direct impact to her team's performance. And that performance really impacts her ability to say she's doing a good job as a leader. The two things are really intertwined. So, the first gem. The first gem is to be human. I think oftentimes we try to make these things something that feels agnostic of the human that's on the other side, or even agnostic of our own feelings and realities, right? I'm not um, encouraging you to go into a you know super emotional place and to fall apart or to not feel like you can um, show up um, as an informed professional during the conversation, but human circumstances happen and to acknowledge them to even acknowledge your own maybe trepidation or nervousness as a leader as you're approaching performance reviews can really humanize the experience and help you and the your direct report get to the other side feeling like okay we're not robots right we know we're not robots we understand that this is going to be a conversation that needs to be had some performance review conversations feel really good and they feel totally aligned and some feel tough right some are really grounded in difficult conversations. When you humanize the experience, humanize yourself and your own you know, thoughts, concerns, um, and then give space for the other person to acknowledge their own thoughts and concerns and humanize them, the ability to have a conversation and build real trust exists in that humanization. If it feels like I'm just reading words off a piece of paper, I'm reading a script, I'm not making any eye contact, I'm not acknowledging your nerves or trepidation, and I'm certainly not giving you any um, body language or feedback to tell you to engage, that doesn't feel right, right? So the example of me holding my head down and reading from a script is how some people feel on the other end of the performance review. So humanizing it whatever way you can, whether you're delivering it in person or you're delivering it virtually, by using positive body language by being open in your body language and communication, by making eye contact, by pausing for, to allow the person on the other side to reflect, by not rushing through the, the, the conversation because you're nervous or feeling overwhelmed. So as a leader, what I'm asking more of us to do is to humanize the experience through our actions and through our nonverbal and verbal communication. We want to make sure we feel like humans in delivering the performance review, but we also want to make sure that the people on the other side feel like they're having a human experience Um, because oftentimes we may not have tons of opportunities to meet directly with our manager. So that brings me into my next point. As we think about being a leader of people and a lot of us are busy, right? We're working managers. We have our own objectives that we have to deliver in addition to meeting the needs of the team and leading the team. So, It's a big ask of us to also build in a performance review process and to have frequent touch points with our managers, I mean, with our direct reports. And that ask is big, but it's really important. And if you start out at the beginning of the year or early in your process to say, I'm going to manage my time appropriately, or I'm gonna really focus on time management so that I can set up direct communication with my team on a consistent basis, it goes a long way when you're at the performance review stage. If you've been having consistent meetings with your team quarterly, or if you're available to do it monthly, it makes the performance review process a little bit easier because you're not delivering a tremendous volume of information all in one conversation. Right. We, know as humans we interpret and we are able to digest information when it comes to us in quantities that are palatable right that we can kind of digest so using cadence of meetings that allows you to meet quarterly or maybe even monthly to connect with your people by allocating your time throughout the year so that you have time to manage your projects as well as manage your people um, your needs and their expectations certainly gives you a fighting chance to deliver a successful performance review as a leader. And then to build on that, when you have these um, quarterly or monthly meetings with your team, I personally have um, really used a template in order to manage those meetings and make sure that I'm getting the information I need out of the meeting. I've had far too many times in my own experience where I set up a meeting, we have time, and we start to talk about topics that are not related to performance, or maybe not even related to project check-ins, which is another you know high use time. Maybe we're talking about a, a town hall that just happened. Maybe we're talking about personal things and connecting. Um, and those things may also be important. But if you don't get the information that you need from that meeting, when you're talking to your direct report, then you're not prepared to do a successful performance review because you haven't gotten the proper updates throughout the year. So I used to use a meeting template um, so that I could make sure that I had a clear agenda for the meeting after we did the connecting and you know, got to catch up and chat a little bit to make sure I was getting what I needed information-wise out of the meeting. So if folks are interested in learning more about that, just drop in the chat um, one-on-one meeting template, and I certainly can connect with you offline to help to form one that may be in the best interest of you and your team. But I found that using a template to make sure that the information that you need is getting um, asked or the questions that you need are being asked during your one on ones really does allow you as a manager to feel confident that you have the information you need to evaluate your team's performance to prepare you for a performance review. Um, The other one is. Making sure that you're asking directly of your direct reports, are there any roadblocks or hurdles that I can help you remove during that one-on-one meeting? Is there anything that you're kind of coming up against that would prohibit you from delivering against your goals and objectives? And then partner with your direct report to say, these are the things that you see as roadblocks. How can we create an opportunity together to either work around them? How can I, as a leader, come in over the top to be able to help and support you? How can I broker through influence or other connection points an opportunity to knock down those barriers? What that does is it gives your direct reports clarity that you are supporting them in being successful, not only penalizing them if they can't get it over the finish line. If your direct reports don't believe that you're supportive of them and that you can use your social capital or your influence or your title in order to help them meet their objectives, then it's very difficult at the end to hold them accountable when they were not able to deliver. And I want to just take a a pause here because I am sharing all this based on the assumption that as a leader of people, you want to see your team be successful. Right. So if you are not looking to be a leader of people and you're not invested in seeing your team being successful, this content won't be for you. But if you're looking to be a leader of people and you want to do it in a way that allows you to feel good about the integrity that you bring to the role, feel good that your team is supported and to lead in a way that allows your team to have a running chance at, at successfully delivering against their objectives and having a performance review that they feel good about then we're here to talk, right? So I just wanted to make sure that I said that out loud. Um, Maybe it didn't need to be said, but it felt like it was appropriate and I needed to say it right then. And then the other part about meeting with your direct reports on a consistent basis. And I say this when I'm talking about individual performers or individual contributors and how they should align with their manager. I'm also sharing with them, make sure that they are encouraging a regular meeting cadence, be it monthly or be it quarterly. And the reason why is, it's important to give your direct reports clear indications throughout the year where they're trending on performance, right? Don't, don't, if I can give you one clear don't, if you don't take anything else away from this piece of content, do not wait for the performance review to deliver a very difficult message. Do not wait for the performance review to be the for that to be the first time that the person has heard that they're not meeting expectations or that they're exceeding expectations and they're doing really well. Managers and leaders of people who I've seen do it at an exceptional level are giving their people consistent feedback and communication throughout the year. So I am really encouraging you to take that up as a practice that. At that quarterly meeting, you can say, not definitive, not I know exactly where we're going to land at the end of the year, but based on what I'm seeing so far, you're trending in the right direction from uh, meeting your expectations from your performance review, or we're not trending in the right direction and we need to do some work. How can we partner to make sure that you get to the other side? What additional resources do you need? Right. This goes back to you partnering and working with your direct report to ensure that they're successful, as opposed to waiting until the end when they're not successful and then giving them the list of reasons why they didn't deliver. And here's a newsflash. As a manager of people, as someone who leads a team, you are your performance review is going to be based on whether or not you led that team well, whether or not you gave them what they needed to be successful. So it's mutually beneficial as you're working directly with your direct report to understand what their roadblocks are and to help them be successful because them meeting their objectives normally, if we're doing it well, helps you to meet your objectives, which leads us all the way into an objective setting conversation. And I'm going to pick that up on the next time that we collect connect live because I've gotten a lot of questions around, what if I'm in an organization that doesn't have Clear objective setting processes. What do I do? How do I set objective if my manager hasn't given them to me? So I've gotten some of those questions. I'm gonna do that in a whole nother live segment because it's pretty rich content. And I wanna make sure that I give that appropriate time to be able to deliver against and answer any questions that you guys may have. But to close out on the idea that discussing where your team is trending on their performance will make any message you deliver In your performance review more palatable if they've heard it before even if they if they agree then you know that makes it a much easier road if they disagree and there's some friction then it allows you to have that dialogue early in the year early in the performance review process so you're not waiting until the end of the year where there's a tough message to deliver that's going to really allow the receptivity of your message to be greater People are going to be more receptive because they don't feel like they got punched in the face with information that they just didn't have. They're not going to feel like, you know, I had no idea how I was performing. I thought I was doing great and I thought you would say the same. And now here we are at this at the end of the year and we're not on the same page. Having that cadence of communication earlier in on your process can really transform your ability to deliver a successful performance review, even if the message is a tough one. And it's a difficult conversation to have. So the majority of times when we're approaching performance reviews, much, much of our team is going to be in that middle bracket, right? Um, and when I think about middle bracket, it's you're meeting your performance review, you're meeting your expectations, you're doing what you need to do, um, we're satisfied with where you are, and we're going to carry on, and here's an opportunity for future development. So I want to just talk about that for a second. When your the majority of your team is in that middle bracket and they're meeting expectations, you have a decision to make as a leader. Do I have enough information about the work that they're doing and about where their capabilities are so that I can either incentivize them to deliver more because I see potential and I see that they have the capability, or do I want to keep them where they are and I'm confident where they are and they're a stable player? And am I clear on what? their desired outcomes are for their performance and their career. So performance reviews are a window of time where you as a manager also have a chance to ask the questions. Are you satisfied with where you are right now? You know, what are you looking for in your career? Um, And those kinds of questions really open the door. It, It allows people to feel acknowledged. And I think acknowledgement is the thing that is missing the most in the performance review process. Acknowledgement that people have their own thoughts, ideas, opinions, and that they're working towards something in their career. And also acknowledgement for you met your expectations, you kept the lights on, right? You helped us to deliver against this broader initiative for the year. That acknowledgement means a lot for people. Even if that acknowledgement is wrapped in your performance review feedback and it's tied into other feedback, just mentioning Just acknowledging where they have delivered, where they have been successful, where they did contribute can make such a huge difference for folks in their receptivity. So, thinking about structuring your performance reviews as a way to discuss performance, to talk about where you've fallen versus your objectives, and also to understand what their goals and objectives are around their performance and their future career is the three ways that I like to break performance reviews down talk about current performance versus their objectives and where they sit, and then also as an opportunity to talk about career development and what they're looking for and areas they're looking to grow. So I'll do a quick quick recap, because we're getting close to time. So the first thing and the most important is to be human. Humanize the performance review experience to make sure that both sides of the equation, that you and the person on the receiving end of the performance review, feels like it's a conversation that's happening between two human beings, not robots. And you can do that with your nonverbal and your verbal communication. Your nonverbal cues look like eye contact. It looks like engaging. It looks like giving the other person an opportunity to connect with you, to hear what you have to say and pausing to give them a chance to reflect, right? Maybe not even to speak, but just to digest the information that you're sharing. And, The next part of that, once you allow yourself to be human, it really creates receptivity between you and the person on the other side. Very important, can't be be missed. The second thing is to, as a leader, spend your time throughout the year allocating time to people leadership tasks. And that looks like monthly or quarterly meetings with your team to check in on how they're performing against their objectives and to give them an understanding of where they're trending performance wise. And to build upon that, to build upon the allocating your time, using a meeting agenda or using a meeting template so that you can make sure you're asking the right questions after you do your connection and you're checking in and you're you know, chatting and just making sure that people are you know, good on the personal side or on the day-to-day side, making sure that you're asking the right questions so that you feel very prepared to deliver a performance review and oftentimes that will encourage you to reach out to other people other stakeholders to inquire about how your team is performing so that one can be a, a rich one so i want to make sure that i give folks an opportunity to just digest that as a leader of people and you know as we recap your own perception of your individuals or your direct reports performance is just one part of the picture so it will require you to reach out to others to make sure you're getting other stakeholders' opinion on how your team is performed. Using that quarterly meeting cadence to check in with them and also to check in with other stakeholders can really be a game changer in helping you feel prepared to deliver a successful performance review because now you have broad information, not just your own. Um, The third one is thinking about asking if there are any roadblocks that your direct report is experiencing In their current day to day work, that you can help them to knock down. You can use influence, you can use relationships, you can use titles, you can use data and information. What can you do to help them be successful? Allow your direct report to feel like you're partnering with them and ensuring their success because their success is your success as a leader of people. And when you see it that way, it helps you to then support them in making sure that they deliver against their objectives and to recognize if there's something that you can do to help them to ask the question. Right. A lot of times we'll assume that people will ask you to help them because they recognize they need it. As a leader, it's really important to encourage folks to ask the question, um, how can I support you? What roadblocks are you experiencing that you need my help with? And then the last one As you're having these quarterly meetings and then you get to the end of the performance review cycle, have you been consistent in delivering where your direct report is trending on their performance? That should be a conversation that you have at least two times a year. At least twice a year, you should be saying, here's where you're trending versus your objectives, right? And this also assumes that we have clear objectives that we're working through. And once we have those objectives, Where are you on your current performance? And how can we make sure that we sustain where you are or we need to do a course correction? And how can I support you in doing it? So um, I appreciate you guys for riding with me this long. I know my voice is a little bit froggy. I'm still feeling a little bit under the weather, but I wanted to make sure that I gave you this performance review content because um, the end of the year is upon us, right? And lots of us as leaders of people are trying to make sure that we're doing the right thing, but we're not necessarily sure how to structure it. So I gave us a little bit of thinking of how do we set ourselves up for success throughout the entire year, and then how do we make sure that when you're delivering the actual performance review feedback, that you are thoughtful and humanizing that feedback so that you can um, get the receptivity that you're looking for. Now, caveat: if this is the first time that you're getting any. Um, any resources on how to deliver performance reviews, I absolutely want you to come back because I'm going to continue to talk about performance reviews for a few more sessions. And there's some great content that I already delivered around performance reviews. And I want you guys to have this content so that you can feel great as a people leader to deliver performance reviews that you feel confident in and to help your team to be successful. So we'll continue to talk about it. I'm so grateful that you all joined me today. I appreciate those of you who are with me here live and dropped your city in the chat. That has literally been amazing. I'll give you an opportunity to ask any questions, to drop any questions in the chat while I let you all know where to find me because there's some other really amazing content that's coming out and I'll need your email addresses in order to share this additional content with you. Coming into the new year, we have a tremendous amount of new resources that are going to be available. We are going to work directly with—we're going to work directly with you to learn a little bit more um, about performance reviews, about leading teams, about managing your own career, about managing up in your career, um, and how to deliver against executive presence so that you can continue to grow. Um, so there's lots of great content coming. Uh, And for anyone who's interested, you can DM me your email address and I will add you to the list so that you can get this exclusive email list only content that is really going to be rich and amazing. I'm so excited to produce it for you all. And I'm so excited for the results that'll come in 2023 for you all having this equipped, being equipped with this information. So I appreciate you guys riding with me with my froggy voice and all It always is a pleasure to be with you, and I am looking forward to being with you all next week. We'll be talking about setting clear objectives to set yourself up for success for performance reviews, and we'll be talking about it from a manager's perspective, as well as from a direct report perspective. So we'll really give ourselves an opportunity to think through all of the hiccups, right? All of the challenges that come along with it so that we can set ourselves up to be successful.
1: This was Amma Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the Journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the Journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at with any questions or comments you may have.